0: um I'm sure that is all you do in your spare time is that kind of thing (laughs) welcome to the podcast it is great to have everybody with us today we are joined with our usual cast of fine people and it is over here to my right
1: hi Lee Boyd the assistant principal glad to be here
0: as usual and to my left
1: Turner Donaldson, the dean here, and glad this, to be
0: here. And this is the first time we've had to do a second take. I couldn't believe it. It's Usually really we throwing us just, we're throwing us all off. We're used to just one take. Easy, easy. In and out. But no, I did. My hand gestures did not communicate well enough. No more Mondays. <laughs> no, more Monday <laughs> no more Monday podcast. We're much better on Friday. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, today's topic is about attendance, and I have two fabulous people that uh, know a lot about school and a lot about attendance and it will be very exciting to hear their take and perspective as we're thinking about why this is important. And remember our overarching goal is to empower students to have to be their very best selves. And so attendance is part of that story, uh, the story of school, if it were. And I have with us, like I mentioned, Miss Jennifer Evans from Loudoun County School District. She is the Director of Student Mental Health Services. Welcome to the podcast, Jen.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: It's wonderful that you've joined us today. I know you're full of a lot of good information and insightful enough I for us so. today. And a fabulous fourth grade, well known teacher at Pymark Elementary School, Miss Brianna Davis
1: thank you for having me i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing well known it can go either way sometimes you never know
0: i think very well known it's a good to today's topic of attendance has lots of different concerns and it's been in the education news if you will lately uh, virginia has struggled overall with getting all kids coming back to school um, that could be for numerous reasons a lot of those we might investigate but As part of that concern in the state of Virginia, it's also been felt at more close to home areas such as Loudoun County Public Schools, where it's been a topic of debate amongst administrators and amongst superintendent and cabinet offices, where they're talking about what should we do about the situation, the growing situation of parents and students simply not either encouraging their children to come to school or coming to school in general. And it's not gotten to a severe level, but it's certainly something because we've seen it at Pinebrook that has a long history of very strong attendance. But this year, Ms. Evans, help me out here. I think we are at, I think you were talking to me before we started recording, 19% of our population has missed 10 or more percent of the school years. Yes,
2: so 19% of all of your students who attend 50% 50% or more of the school year have missed ten to over 10% of the school year of those instructional days. So what that breaks down to is if you have a 180-day calendar and a student misses two or three days per month, that'll get you to that threshold of 10%. So they're missing a lot of academic, social, and emotional opportunities by not being in school. And
0: this, this is important on the state level for sure because it has to do with our accreditation at Pinebrook Elementary yes. School where we have a criteria to hit, which is a 95% or more attendance rate overall to keep our accreditation moving along. However, it looks like we're in trouble of meeting those marks.
2: Yes, yeah, so there's three different levels that are rated by the state. Level one is the school with a current or three-year chronic absenteeism rate of 15% or lower, um, or a school with a level two range that, that decreases their chronic absenteeism rate by 10% a level two, which is where you're currently tracking, is a school that's not meeting the level one performance and has a chronic absenteeism rate of no more than 25%. Um, And then there's a level three, who is at the highest risk. That's a school with a current year, or cumulative three year chronic absenteeism rate of 25% or higher. So there was um, a special provision that went to the Board of Education that was denied. That was to continue with waiving accreditation as that was what happened during the pandemic because of mm. various reasons, medical reasons. Um, and we had a lot of virtual options that was denied. So now we're moving forward to, not only is it, it's not a three year average, it's a one year average.
0: Okay. So we're
2: looking at this year for your current level
0: ranking. Hmm. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I appreciate mm. that you framed that out in a while. And you mentioned though, that it is something that could change daily depending upon how the kids actually come into school. Like, yes. are they coming in? Yes.
2: Yeah, so it is a fluid thing that we're monitoring on a weekly basis with our research team. So we are developing applications so that you can monitor them at the school level. But in the meantime, we're sending reports out to schools so you know where you stand.
0: And the ten percent is important, uh, mm-hmm. is because that's defined as chronic absenteeism, correct?
2: Yes. So what is chronic absenteeism?
0: That's what I am. Just, I mean, when you say two to three days a month, like that doesn't
2: seem
0: like right. necessarily a lot,
2: right? So chronic absenteeism includes the excused absences and the unexcused absences. Um, so a lot of parents think that if it's an excused absence, it's okay to miss. And mm-hmm. if they're sick, it's okay to miss. But ultimately that impacts the school and the accreditation potentially. Yeah. And, and also the student and academically and social and emotionally.
0: So now that we've framed this out pretty well, um about some of these definitions and kind of where primer currently stands let's start getting into some of those details Mm -hmm. um who is missing school
2: so what we looked at is we did an analysis of the students and what we thought was that it would mostly be secondary um that students that had more chronic absenteeism we expected it to be at the middle school and high schools i hope there there's
0: a butt coming (laughs) but what did you find
2: (laughs) And not to your benefit, but we found it (laughs) consistent across the district. We thought we would see students who maybe missed 15 days and were inactivated and then were re-enrolled due to travel. We also thought we'd see students who had medical issues that were documented. We also thought we'd see students who may have mental health issues tracked by services they were receiving in our schools. Um, And we didn't see that. What we saw, or we also thought we'd see students who were academically struggling or also who had discipline concerns. Mm -hmm. And what we saw was quite the opposite. Oh, interesting. The majority of the students are students that are doing well academically. They don't have lots of D's at the secondary level. They may have one D. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of them have A's, B's, and C's. They don't have lots of discipline. They don't have lots of mental health indicators, and they don't have health conditions. So the majority of these kids are doing okay. They're missing 10 to 15% of their school year, though.
0: You would say your regular student, the your one who's healthy, the one student. who parents yes. support school, the yes. one who um, who are like, they have a good livelihood, livelihood where yes. parents have jobs and they're able to mm-hmm. put food on the table and have those, what would be a, a regular lifestyle, a successful one, if you will. Right. Those are the families that are missing? Those
2: are the families.
0: According to LCPS research overall.
2: According to our research, and again, we're analyzing that on a regular basis to see if we're missing any data points or maybe there's data entry that's not being captured. But what we're seeing is it's the majority of students that are missing just chunks throughout the school year. So we're going to be looking at. Does it seem to fall right around fall break? Is it during Uh winter break and they're not coming back when they should be coming back? Are we taking vacations during the school year when we should not? So we're starting to look at that to see if there's patterns. But I think even myself as a parent, when I look at my students end of year report card, I don't recall them missing three to five days, even throughout the school year. So I think we don't realize when they're missing that it will build up over time. Um, Mm -hmm. So two to three days a month doesn't seem like a lot, but when it adds up, it is. Um, And it will impact them in various ways.
0: Um, I think that was a surprising detail for yes. us to, to find and hear from you. Because you're right, you would think of some of those stereotypical ideas. However, that's clearly not the case overall. Not, not what we're seeing. That's important to mention. Okay, now we've talked about like some of the people who may not be here. But there are certainly plenty of reasons where you shouldn't come to school. Yes. So when is it okay to miss and when is it not?
2: So, of course, if a child is sick, and when I define sick, I would base it on what our student health services would say, is if you're vomiting or you have a fever, you should not be coming to school. But if you have the sniffles, and I know we're coming out of the pandemic and a lot of people are scared of the sniffles, but there's a lot of other reasons for sniffles, and we have a lot of protective mitigation (laughs) strategies in place to protect our students, so those things I would not recommend keeping your child home for. Um, if you have any question, you can always bring your child in to see the health clinic specialist mm-hmm. and they can help you determine if they're too sick to be in the school building. So it's a little bit of a shift back, right? Yeah, like we're trying kind of that to, shift of If mm-hmm. you have sniffles, don't come to school. And now we're like, okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. okay. It's okay. Like, it's okay. have immunity. Mm-hmm. We're going to navigate this and get back to what it should be.
0: Awesome. You can certainly see uh, like the conflicting message, just like Miss Boyd pointed yes. out. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, overall. But, you know, again, like we're reiterating. Like, right. Th- that's not the reason to miss. That makes right. sense. But and there, then
2: I'm going to just add, yeah, if you do to... have a valid medical reason and you need to miss two days or more, what I would recommend to parents and schools is to request a doctor's note. Okay. If someone's out for three days, we need to know right. that they're sure. okay to come back and that it is a valid reason to
0: Right, because, you know, certainly there are, you know, symptoms that are available that are happening to students right. and we don't want them to be unhealthy. And there is the idea that you simply don't know if they are getting worse or getting sick or right. they or lying and you don't want to you know, necessarily spread that. However. You know, wait until you get to day two or day three before you start making those kind of decisions, rather than day one or the first little bit of time. Absolutely, I see that makes sense. Okay, works. Let's just play out the scenario though. What are the consequences though? The scenario of they continue to miss. Mm -hmm. They have, uh, you know, not necessarily great reasons for going. Mm -hmm. They're unexcused. Like what are the levels of consequences for either excused or unexcused absences?
2: So, for unexcused, we've talked about that, and I think you'll probably talk about that. Yep. In <laughs> yeah, yes. <this> <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're looking
0: across the table. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> the academic piece is where we're going to go to next.
2: Well, then there's the unexcused truancy and unexcused locally defined, which we are required by the state at a certain threshold to take action. So, at five unexcused absences, There needs to be a plan to address attendance and that is a communication from someone on the school team with the parent to state what we're going to do to improve this. If absences continue to increase at 10 unexcused absences there has to be a mandatory conference with an administrator as well as the parent and the student and the unified mental health team members to develop next steps and add interventions at the school level that might help. Um, Mm. What are ways that we can engage the student more effectively in the school building? Um, And if there's a parent component, how can we get that parent to ensure that their child is coming to school? And sometimes it's behavioral shifts at home that the parents need to take. If you miss more after that 10th unexcused absence, then it could go to court. So Mm. all students are required by law to attend school. And if a parent is part of the reason they're not coming, then parents can be held accountable in the juvenile court services. Okay. JDR court. That hmm.
0: is a certainly whole other level. Yeah, so
2: we do have attendance officers that would then take the case and they would follow some steps and then present that um, to the court. Okay. Yeah.
0: So there are some pretty heavy consequences on the back end. Yes. Should it be a repeat offender? Certainly unexcused, not reporting in. And this is why that whole process is very critical. Yes.
2: We want to avoid that as the last report. Yeah. So we really <laughs> want parents to be partners in this and help them um, help them understand. The impact not only on their student but also on the school
0: community i appreciate the long-term consequences that you have in place Mm -hmm. but like we just referenced before you mentioned those pieces we talked about the the academic impact of this and yeah we do turn our attention back over to miss davis here (laughs) and start walking down that road and you know in your classroom as a classroom teacher um why is attendance important
1: no absolutely um when i tell my students pretty much every day is that everything we learn is a building block. You're gonna build upon each other, reading, math, writing, social studies, science, everything builds upon each other. So when you're missing some of those lower levels of building, it's gonna make your learning later on a little bit more challenging. Now, yes, as Jen Evans said, we do have students who they come in knowing the content. They already understand reading and math especially that's where we usually see those biggest areas. Right. But then that's also where we're countering it with personalized learning. Okay. We can look at our upcoming unit and say, "Great. I can tell you right now which five of these kids they could take the test now and ace it.
0: No problem." Which is a great reason oh. for parents to not send their children to school. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm you not know, and I'm is. not being facetious, like, but it may be in yes. mom and dad's head saying that like, "Hey, My kid knows this unit, Mm -hmm. or my child is very skilled. It's fine, they miss it. They already know it. I've seen the pretest results, they've gone ahead. What? So then why should they still send their child?
1: Because with personalized learning, we could take it to a whole nother level. We just recently did probability in my class. They've been working on probability for years. I can take it to a whole nother level by challenging them more. You know, in fourth grade, we kind of just look at, oh, likely, unlikely. Great, I'm gonna give you three different categories now and each category has four options. What is the probability now? Let's extend on it further. And also for those friends who may not know the content, I can back it up. Within LCPS and within Pinebrook, we have so many programs available to our students that we can reach them literally at their level. We are developing our lessons. We are thinking about those students. And I'm saying, all right, these five students, they know what they're doing. Also, I'm gonna put the learning in their hands. I'm gonna say, you already know what you're doing. A, prove it to me. Nice. B, what could you do to extend on it? And that's a huge part of it. And then the other part is, it doesn't just come down to reading and math. They do have the content areas of social studies and science. And sure, they might know the basics of the Revolutionary War, yeah. but do they know the specific Virginians involved in the Revolutionary War? And let me tell you it's not just going to come in fourth grade i'm pretty sure in sixth or seventh grade they take more revolutionary war again they have those building blocks that they learned from fourth grade because they were here in school to
0: learn it and it's possible that they would miss a detail yep absolutely i I really like what you said about um taking it to like the the next Mm -hmm. level if you will and you gave a great example about probability Mm -hmm. but what you're saying in the end though is that that is the benefit of the personalized learning program Mm -hmm. is that you can take a student and it's and really, where they are. And it's not just about the standard.
1: No, not at all. It's
0: about what a child can learn yep. on the whole spectrum of that particular standard. Yep. And so it could be deeper learning, which is an important part of Loudoun County schools. And right. maybe even get into the next content area at the next grade level, which we try not to get into too much.
1: Right, absolutely. But again, a lot of parents don't realize that. When we're looking at the standards there's what we call essential knowledge right what do they have to know and they might have three out of four of those essential knowledge there's still one area that i can hit with them one area they are not aware of and a parent might be thinking three out of four great they know what they're doing that one area could potentially hold them back just somewhere later on down the line and so with personalized learning great you're right i am going to skip over those three areas but now I'm gonna get this one essential learning that you do not have, and I'm gonna focus on it. And I'm gonna work with you to understand this one that you are missing out of the four.
0: And that is something that I've heard for years from parents mm-hmm. about, about just wanting um, their child to, to you know, really have their child be challenged right. in the building. Right, and It was for years before we had a personal learning and saying mm-hmm. like, what if my child's reading at the grade level? Like, What are you gonna do for him? And yes. I would say, Differentiation, differentiation. And right. that is a wildly challenging thing to do overall.
1: Exactly. And differentiation is so different than personalized learning. And yes, differentiation comes in with it. Yeah. But it's even more so. It just really brings it to a whole nother level. And it's getting to the point with a lot of my students who do know the curriculum. I'm assigning them objects and activities and some of these online programs that we have. And they're coming up to me and they're like, Miss Davis, I don't know how to do this one. One of my students, he had a ninth grade skill in front of him in math. And I sat there going, Right. <laughs> a ninth grade so, skill. Yes, he had a skill. Nice, sitting in your fourth
0: grade classroom. Exactly. And, and I sat were, there and I'm and like wondering, quickly Googling exactly how to. <laughs> <I> go, this <laughs> looks familiar.
1: I think I know how to do this. And even though mom had reached out back in, I think it was like February saying, he be doing this, and they go, "Yeah, he
2: should actually. He can handle it, yeah,
0: but don't go, better. you know, over. enough for everyone." But, but that's the benefit of yes, personalized, right? For that particular exactly. trend, that particular skill, you had yep. a plan for that child.
1: Yep, exactly. And
0: that's what the power of this is all about, right?
1: And a lot of the teachers do. We all take that into learning because we are all focused on personalized learning here at Pinebrook. Yeah,
0: and that's one of the things you are, and you have been a leader in this whole program at in our building. yeah.
1: From the beginning. Uh, from uh-huh. the beginning,
0: you were part of the team that instituted it and then you certainly carried and yep. figured out how to extend it into other content right. areas. Now we've talked mostly so far about the academic side. Mm-hmm. That's not the only nope. reason about wanting to be here every mm-hmm. single day.
1: Yes, it was something also that Jen Evans had said, the social emotional part of it. All LCPS students go through social emotional learning, and I don't think parents realize how important that is. They need that social aspect. They need to learn how to work independently with a partner, with a group. They need to learn when it's okay to push themselves, when it's okay to ask for help. The older students get, the more afraid they are to ask for help. They don't want to admit that. And they need that social aspect because that's going to carry them into every grade and honestly for the rest of their lives.
0: Such a powerful point, Miss Davis, because you, you clearly you understand the value of that oh, program. Yes, where absolutely. Like, and you understand the elementary school child where okay. you know that they are sometimes unsure of those moments. Yes. And the whole design of maybe being asked, which are, I will finish. They're unsure of the moments of how to answer a question in yes. a public classroom area, or how mm-hmm. to handle an interaction with a peer—that right. isn't necessarily something that's easily figured out. Yes. And this is direct instruction about those and many mm-hmm. other types of yeah. uh, situations that are all social emotional. Related. Absolutely. I love the the actual teaching that happens mm-hmm. um, about that because I, I I'm a big believer and it's something that. Our school has really wrapped its arms around, right. which is the concept of that sort of instruction for yes. these reasons and why it's important that these lessons are learned yes. and experienced Absolutely. every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said, Ms. <laughs> <in this case. laughs> <laughs> so what, what I'm taking
1: away as a parent is even if I think there's no impact to being absent there for a day or is, two, oh there my gosh, there's so more much impact. Than I... it's just... Also not to mention, I mean, it's gonna be corny, but we love these kids. We want to see
0: them. And you know what? Like we want them to be here with us. I, you, know, you can see it, and I wish I wish our I wish our listeners could see you say no. that. Because it's truly you can see the it's, passion in yeah, your eyes. Yeah. And I know you are not the only person in this building that no, feels that way. No, uh, not at all. This is a labor of love, these yep. teaching jobs. And certainly the people in this building do a lot of love. Mm-hmm. Um
2: I want to add something that when you think about the building blocks, um, what I would share is that when we have students who have significant attendance issues at the secondary level, and we look back, the pattern started in elementary school, so it's very important to set the stage. And if you're allowing your kids to stay home in elementary school just because, or let's just take a long weekend, whatever it may be, it's enabling them to then think that's okay. Right. And then as they get older and academics get harder, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> much harder. Oh, absolutely. And they get into that avoidance pattern. Yep. Uh, avoidance is what really hurts people, not so much anxiety. And you talked yes. about learning how to navigate difficult situations with peers or asking for help with the mm-hmm. teacher. If they remove themselves from those opportunities, when mm-hmm. it gets more challenging, they're less likely to do those things. So then that leads us to an increased rate of dropouts um, and just or outcomes later in life
0: because yeah, of those was avoidance behavior. Yes, like they've absolutely. learned this pattern and habits mm-hmm. in their mind that are formed now. Yes. Such a powerful component. I don't know if, if it's always known in the moment when you're right. a parent of young children. Like it's it's hard to sometimes get through the day. Like the days are well, really yeah. hard. I and mean, if, it's a lot. If your kid's lot.
2: uncomfortable, our natural instinct as parents is to want to protect them. Sure. And when it comes to specifically anxiety, that's the worst thing you can do is allow mm-hmm. your kids to avoid it. So you really have to push and it feels really uncomfortable as a parent mm. <laughs> <laughs> Push yes, through does. the tears, leave them with a trusted adult in the school building or, and walk away, yeah. rather than allowing them to stay home with you. No, that's whether a powerful parenting second, message. You know, yeah. Secondary games at home are the worst thing, whether it's video games, TV, or just spending time with a parent, babe, mm-hmm. which can reinforce it.
0: It really could be. That's right, especially if it's a you know, comfortable time, then Right. get into that sort of cycle. Oh, how dangerous that could be if it were to go on for that far. Um, so I think we're kind of laid out a great point, you know, about the reasons why and where we're talking about, and the, certainly the impacts, um, but why I would think it's important to just directly answer why is intended, why does attendance matter?
2: Mm-hmm. I think holistically, when you're looking at children, there are so many things that happen in these school buildings that they benefit from. I mean, you spoke about the academics. But the social emotional yeah. interactions, learning how to build resiliency, navigate difficult situations—they're not going to get that at home. You know? mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, not. Miss mm-hmm. Davis is a classroom teacher. Why does attendance matter? Oh gosh, As in of, summary.
1: Right, in summary, it just does. I'm sorry. Look how much <laughs> you're missing out based on what we've heard in these last you know few minutes and whatnot. Um, this is setting them up for everything. Elementary is where everything starts. Mm-hmm. That strong foundation. Yep. Critical. You're building the routine of showing up, mm-hmm. and you've got to do it the rest of your life. Yes, right. Yes. <laughs> and so you're just building the. All right, I got to show up, and I got to get done what needs to get done.
0: I heard resiliency in that, Ms. Donaldson. I feel like that is a word that is a very important word, and a tenet of really development overall from the children all the way through the learning of adulthood. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. So, good point. And I think we've just to acknowledge it, we've all been through a really challenging few years. Yes. <laughs> and we're coming back from that. Yes. And it's difficult, but we need to push through it together and ask for help when mm-hmm. we're having challenges with our kids, um, because that's the only way we're going to get out of it is to face that.
0: And so- I'm happy you brought that up. And it's important that we're talking about it, too, because it is something to bring back to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And as we like are still navigating was three years, of a real change, yes. like in our entire world. And now it's, it will, we realize that it won't immediately come back, but it's important that we talk about it and we voice it and we have conversations so that we do eventually get back to some yes. of these tenants, which would be good. All right, to wrap up, what is our guidance for parents moving forward? me first oh, the <laughs> send your students to school
1: yes yeah, no, yeah. right send your is students message, to school but... but it's just again take what we've said and really kind of understand there's so much more that you don't realize it's happening when they're missing school and it's
0: gonna start to add up we're gonna start to add up there's a lot of details that happen yes that. great
2: And I would just add that we want you to be allies in this, Mm -hmm. that we want you to be our partners in this. And if you're seeing things, even at home, that you feel like we need to know or that we can help you with, Mm -hmm. we have a ton of support here. You're not navigating this alone. Um, It's a village. So Mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we're all on the same page.
0: It's wonderful to hear that from somebody who represents the district piece because um, I, of course, send out a newsletter every week and and I work very diligently to talk about community and the importance of community and so what your your words certainly resonate with us about the importance of having these conversations we're willing to help we're willing to support we love our community we want it to work well right and be that partnership for sure um i can't express my gratitude <laughs> enough thank you miss davis
1: thanks for having me including me this was fun this was a lot of fun thank <laughs> you of
0: course miss boyd thank and miss donaldson my too. first one You're ever very first one. i'm sure we'll have you back on <laughs> probably miss evans you know appreciate you being thank here today you
2: so much yeah nice to be here first one ever Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lots of topics we could discuss. Oh, yeah.
0: Absolutely. And maybe we will in the future. Okay. Um, thank you listeners for joining us today. It was wonderful to have you with us as well. From all the staff and students of Pinebrook Elementary School, we are continuing to empower students to be their very best selves. Thank you, everybody.